welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Sass, and we've got James Foster here and Lizzie Turk. Hello. How's everybody doing today? Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Good. Lizzie, I almost called you Lizzie Marie because that's your name on social media, but... You just gave away my secret. <gasps> what? Why is that a secret? That I, that I hide... That I hide. I hide my last name from Facebook. No way. Yeah. Why? I just don't want weirdos to find me. So oh. everyone, don't go look me up on Facebook. Well, there we have it, folks. That, <laughs> and with that, um, Katie, what, what a great what? segue to our first question of the day. So this is a very deep theological question. So I hope you're ready for it. James, it is, what about your son not wanting water made you angry? You mentioned that the situation changed from being about your son to about you, but what were you angry about? Yeah, great question. So in this uh, instance, I was talking about how we are more corruptible or more uh, susceptible to uh, have something change from what we initially set out for it to be. Uh, and that was evidenced by when we went to the beach this past weekend, uh, my son would not get into the water, which was a little bit on the frustrating side because we were at the beach and I wanted him to enjoy the beach. Uh, but then I was like, you know what, we're going to make the most of it. We're going to make the best sandcastle ever for him to have a great experience. But then as he was like, no, no more water, it was very quickly exposed that it was actually about me and the sandcastle and the greatness of that sandcastle because when he did not want that to happen, uh, that was shut down, and that made me frustrated, which exposed that it wasn't actually about him, but it was actually about me, which is pretty uh, silly when you think about it, because it was just a two minutes later type thing. Uh, kind of just put it right in my face of like, hey, you're doing this for yourself, not for your son. So you're not that great. <laughs> no, I get that. There have been times where I set something out really fun for my daughter to do, and I wanted to take a really cute picture of her doing said activity or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And she doesn't do what I want her to do for this photo mm -hmm. to be what I want it She's to be. She's not being a good model. Yeah. She's As like a one-year-old. One yeah, my <laughs> one-year-old daughter is refusing <laughs> to model the way that I'm wanting her to in this picture, you know. And so mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just frustrating when your children are disobedient. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Lizzie, did you have anything else to add? You know, I don't have any kids, so I feel like, <laughs> but I, I, well, actually, I, that just made me think of, like, when I want to try and get, like, a cute picture of my dog, and, and, like, he won't cooperate or something like that, and I'm just like, man, this could be such a cool picture, there's such a cool, like, background, and, exactly. yeah, so I, I just yeah. relate to Hey, dogs, to dogs and kids, you know, there are some similarities. <laughs> I hear they're not very different. I'm just kidding, kidding, kidding. I mean, we have a pretty good crate at home that we can put her in, and she fits just right. Crate, crib, all the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, and, and with that, I mean, obviously, even without kids, we have the same thing. Like, if I go and I organize volleyball because I want to, have a great time socializing and building community, but then the volleyball is not that great. And it becomes all of a sudden about how frustrated I am that like maybe the competition isn't where I want it to be. Mm. And then it just is like, hey, you're actually a lot more selfish than you thought you were. Congratulations. Yeah, instead yeah. of looking at what 
is happening in front of us and what God can do, we're looking at what we're mad about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. Yeah, that was a that was a good question. Yeah, um, great start. All right, Judges eight thirty two says the men of Israel, but verse twenty four identifies them as Ishmaelites. Can you help explain this? Wouldn't the Israelites be the descendants of Isaac rather than of Ishmael? Yeah, so uh, verse 24, I'm going to read it in the Net Bible. Gideon continued, I would like to make one request. Each of you give me an earring from the plunder you have taken. Open parentheses, the Midianites had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. So the they is referring to the Midianites, not the Israelites. So the Israelites are the ones in verse 32 where it's saying, you should rule over us. Or verse, was it, what verse did they say at first? Uh, they said Judges 8.32 was re- was when uh, the person asking the question was referencing the men of Israel. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, in that in that part of the story, it's talking about the Israelites. Uh, Gideon's son Joash died at a very old age and was buried in the tomb of his father. Joash located in Ophrah of the Abizarites. Uh, and right before that, it's talking about the Israelites humiliating Midian. So it goes between talking about the Israelites and then talking about the uh, people that they took the ornaments from. And in verse 24, uh, the net version clarifies that a little bit better than the ESV, that the they is actually talking about the Midianites, who were the Ishmaelites, meaning they came from uh, not Abraham and that lineage, but they came from Ishmael. Well, they did come from Abraham, but through Ishmael rather than through Isaac. Interesting. Did not know. All of this genealogy is not something that I... (laughs) Always understand, so um, I'm thankful that somebody asked that question. Yeah, great question. Yeah, cool. I super cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's really the Midianites was, were Ishmael. It was really captivating. I I feel like that was a very um like seminary question mm-hmm. and definitely answered by. The one person who's gone to seminary in the room right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have to be like a nerd about this kind of stuff to really like get into it. And I just, you know, maybe one day I'll be a nerd about theology. But yeah, I mean, the, what what happened there is it said they they uh, were Ishmaelites, and it was, and then later it's talking about the Israelites. Obviously, when the they changed. It wasn't as specific about who the they was in that in the ESV, mm. and so it is good when you're like, oh, that seems like it might be talking about a different group. Who were they? Who is it actually talking about? That's a great, it's a good time to dig just a smidge deeper. Uh, so I appreciate that question for sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, the third question we have here says, I noticed there were a few crescent-shaped ornaments mentioned. What did the crescent-shaped ornament symbolize? I'm assuming this isn't to do with Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So crescent-shaped ornaments, what do they... Oh, okay. Uh, So these crescent-shaped ornaments, um, I actually meant to do some research on this before we started up our podcast, but I did not. So when when I hear about the crescent-shaped ornaments here, 
um, it's, it seems like it's really just highlighting, hey, these were shaped like a partially full moon, right? Like the crescent part of the moon, like just like where there's a little bit of the moon, quarter moon is what some people call it. Um, waning crescent, waxing crescent, uh, you've got just a little sliver there. I think it, it is a symbol that is common that we see uh, associated with like Islam and uh, that religion, which is where I believe this question is coming from. The significance that I saw in the text with this was that even their camels had these sweet jewelry because they were rich. That, and so while I don't know if there was some sort of connection with uh, another religion going on here, the, the significance that I saw was that these guys were rich, they had the best camels, a lot of camels, their camels were without number, innumerable, and then uh, they even had sweet jewelry on the camels because they were so rich. And Lizzie looks like she's got some something to add here. Well, um, while James was was talking, I did a little bit of research, and um, and it seems like what um, what the commonality is is that uh, the crescent shaped would be in reference to the crescent moon. Um, but it, said, it says that um, sometimes they were used to ward off evil spirits um, is what is what they may have been used for um, on the cables. So that could that could be, you know, uh, derived all the way, you know, from back in these times. I don't know if that's a newer um, development, but it looks like that's kind of a commonality um, that it that it's saying uh, that could be in reference to, so. Yeah, for sure. We definitely saw that the uh, Midianites, they were they were stacked army. They had a lot of great, uh, they had a lot of men, and then they had a lot of camels, so they definitely had some wealth with them. It was a, it was a very unfavorable battle for the Israelites to go into, um, and somehow Gideon with the 300 had the victory over them because God gave it to him, and then uh, beyond that, we, we saw that uh, God was showing how powerful he was within giving them the victory. I love that. I also made uh, Ava some crescent rolls yesterday, <laughs> and she was a big fan. Yeah, crescents are, are pretty awesome. As Gideon took those crescent-shaped ornaments from the, the uh, two kings, Zeba and Zalmunna. What were and their names again? Zeba and Zalmunna. Oh, wow, what good traditional names to use in 2021. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, got to save those up. Yeah, and so he, and he, these were part of the ornaments that they melted down. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. These were part, parts of the ones that they had uh, taken to make the ephod, which then led uh, Israel astray and Gideon and his family astray. Hmm. So, um, speaking of Gideon, why did God call Gideon a mighty warrior? earlier in the Gideon story? Oh man, this is a great question. Uh, I would say, so let me pull up the verse really quick. It's when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened? Where is wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And so uh, when he was found, he was afraid. He was uh, preparing wheat uh, in a wine press because he was afraid of getting that wheat stolen from him. And so 
the Lord met him when he was in a wine press doing the work that he should be doing out in the open because then the wind would blow and take away the chaff and he'd be able to prepare the wheat much faster, much more efficiently. Um, but then when he met him, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And what I would say, the, the best thing there is that like the Lord saw that in him and was calling it out, even though he was fearful, even though he was worried, even though he was skeptical, God was saying, hey, I see this in you and I'm calling this out, even though Gideon is reluctant, even though he is stubborn, even though he's skeptical, God sees this in him. And then he's, he's calling it out of him. And then he's very slowly able to walk him to uh, this place where he is. He does become a mighty man of valor, uh, almost too mighty and almost too uh, ambitious later on where, where it seems like that power gets to him a little bit. And uh, that's where he, that leads to his fall, as we saw this week. Yeah, and it, it's funny because we were just uh, talking earlier in a meeting about um, what is your calling, and and sometimes that God has to like bring that out of you, mm -hmm. um, and kind of like, are you listening mm -hmm. for Him? Um, and that was just interesting. I I realized I was like, wait, we were just having a whole discussion on this, and that's a little teaser. Mm -hmm. For an upcoming sermon series that's going to start this coming Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Pleck is back in action. He's back from his sabbatical, and he's going to bring uh, the word. Starting a new series uh, for the next four, the next five weeks, we're going to have uh, "What is my calling?" What's my calling? Is the series? It's going to be great. That question annoys me, though. What's my what calling? Is, what's my calling? Then, because then everyone makes it like very self-centered and like where it's like well all of us kind of all have the same calling is that kind of well maybe we'll wait we will maybe, see maybe we'll <laughs> hey, you know i think I'm, there's I'm some like, there's some there's some emotions coming out it's good we definitely want to have some some of that uh with the teaser of this uh what's my calling series of like wow are we gonna get into like this prosperity message what's gonna happen mm. Probably not that, but it might be something that my calling is greater and that I'm called to be a part of God's people and live out. Each of us do have a unique purpose within that greater purpose. Yes, yes. But obviously that greater purpose is something that we can all be a part of as far as... Regardless of our personality and regardless of, of how we might feel. Yeah, God's given us a special... He's brought us to this... Uh, to a church to be a part of that and be a part of that what he's called our church to but also uh, our individual calling within that like I would be a terrible person to ask to take photographs or to ask to uh, do paint murals um, so I'm not going to accomplish any of that very well yes. but there might be some other other parts of that purpose of the church that I might be able to actually contribute effectively to yes yeah like our we all have one direction and one calling, mm -hmm. but it will definitely look different based on the gifts that God has given us yeah. within the body. Yeah, amen. No, you don't put a big toe on your nose. So where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a really strange place for that big toe. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a yeah good teaser for <laughs> for the upcoming sermon series. So definitely um, 
listen or if you're able to attend in person uh, next Sunday, mm-hmm. um, come join us and we, we want all the questions. Yeah. All the questions. And, and what I love about this verse, just to, to loop back around here, is that when God calls Gideon a mighty warrior, it's the last way that he would see himself. Um, but, he, but he sees it in Gideon, and he knows that he's going to bring Gideon to that place of being a mighty warrior. Um, and so I don't think the angel of the Lord was being snarky with Gideon or sarcastic with him. I think he was shooting him straight up. You're a mighty warrior. Uh, the Lord is with you. And he's reminding him of that truth, that with the Lord with you, you will be a mighty warrior. And that's that's the reality, that God sees us not for where we are, uh, but for where he's going to bring us. And obviously none of that is through our performance, but just through uh, Jesus and what he's done uh, for us to allow us to have that freedom to then live out our calling, to live out who he's called us to be without having this um, extra fear of like, I have to perform, I have to do this thing. Uh, but instead, I get to be a part of that uh, because of who Jesus is and what he's freed me to do. I love that. I think that was answered well. And to lead us to the last question we've got today, it's very, I think it's what everyone was wondering. <laughs> um, so oh, you kind of you kind of left us on a cliffhanger there. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what Food were you licking off the plate that taught Karis to lick food off the plate? Yeah, great question. We, um, we're so, <laughs> we're yeah. so excited. So that question implies that there was this one example of me licking the food off the plate. Uh, <laughs> and there's definitely more than one. Now they haven't been there hasn't been a lot of that recently. Uh, was Katie not appreciative that you were helping wash the dishes? Katie, yeah, she doesn't see it that way. Which we're trying to get on the same page about it. But yeah, I, I will. I wipe, I wipe the plate clean with the napkin. She doesn't like that either. Or licking it clean, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, and we have a rule where we, we try not to lift the plates off the table, you know, just to avoid that even being a, a, a thing. Um, but it's, it's definitely helpful. Def, helpful rule nowadays. Who, who made that rule? Yeah, definitely not me. <laughs> Katie, Katie definitely likes that rule of uh, the, the plate probably shouldn't need to leave and Unless it's a certain certain foods, maybe you have a little exception there, a little leeway. But uh, so my favorite food to lick off the plate would be like if you get a steak and some mashed potatoes, and like you've got the steak juices just flowing into the mashed potatoes. And <laughs> okay. Also, can't get enough. I just of that. feel like the people should know that James is also the guy that if y'all all eat steak, he wants everyone's fat. Oh my goodness, it's the best part of steak. Oh. So if he sees oh, yeah. someone that's like. Chopping the fat off the end of the steak and just hiding and just, it on the side just of their plate, it like they're not touch he, it. He goes, hey. <laughs> Give me. Are some you of gonna that. eat that? Yeah, I need it. So oh my goodness! It's the best part of the steak. Called out. Called out. Oh it's, my goodness! It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So uh, that would be the that would be probably the main culprit. Um, but. I think I've I think I've repented and, and come away from that just a smidge. <laughs> At least where it's not a, it's not as quite as common here lately. Um, no, I love that. That was way to answer that question like a champ, and you know just be unashamed of it. Well, sort of, yeah. you know, have a little bit of shame in it. Yeah, a you know, bit, I was but... gonna, I was gonna connect it to. I actually almost talked about it the week before, mm-hmm. uh, where he's talking about the men who lap like a dog and that's how they got chosen to be the 300 so you know you 
I was going to imply, I didn't want to have too much of So you were just trying to mimic biblical characters. Exactly. I wanted to be part of that 300 men who laughed that God chose to save the, the Israelites with. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. All of us aspire to be more, so mm-hmm. it's, it's understandable. One of the mighty 300 men. So thanks for all of the questions that y'all sent in, and um, hopefully next week we've got a lot more, and um, this was this was a pretty easy, pretty easy time. So um, we'll catch y'all next week, and have a great day. Looking forward to it, guys. See ya.